Hey, Bible readers, I'm Tara Lee Cobble, and I'm your host for the Bible Recap. Today, Solomon opens by talking to us about how to walk in wisdom to avoid sin. It seems to involve a lot of careful attention and thoughtful planning. It doesn't happen on accident. In chapter 22, he uses a lot of phrases like, the prudent sees danger and hides himself, and guard your soul, and apply your heart, and encourages parents to train up their children with wisdom. Verse 5 specifically says, Thorns and snares are in the way of the crooked. Whoever guards his soul will keep far from them. Solomon encourages us to take care to steer clear of things that will ensnare us. It makes me want to be mindful of what things take my eyes and affections off God. What derails me? What traps do I fall into? Speaking of traps, verse 14 jumped out at me too. It says, The mouth of forbidden women is a deep pit. He with whom the Lord is angry will fall into it. The phrase, he with whom the Lord is angry, caught my attention, so I spent a few minutes looking into that. The deeper meaning of the phrase is something closer to, he who is cursed of the Lord, which would, of course, be the person who is not in relationship with God. And again, it's important to remember that these little wisdom nuggets aren't promises or prophecy. This isn't saying God lures people into adultery. This is Solomon's way of reminding people again to steer clear of the things that are adultery adjacent because it's a trap for anyone, but it's especially not suited for people who know and love God. In chapter 23, Solomon, who was one of the wealthiest men of all time, tells us something only a wealthy man could know by experience. Wealth is fleeting, unfulfilling, and isn't worth exhausting yourself over. Verses 4-5 through say, Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. When your eyes light on it, it is gone, for suddenly it sprouts wings, flying like an eagle toward heaven. Solomon is basically saying, Don't be foolish enough to chase these fleeting things. You'll be exhausted, and they'll be gone. All three of today's chapters point to choosing our friends wisely. In chapter 22, verses 24 through 25 say, Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. In chapter 24, verse 21 says, Fear the Lord and the King, and do not join with those who do otherwise. And in chapter 23, verses 20 through 21 say, Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and slumber will clothe them with rags. We've already talked about this idea when it showed up earlier in Proverbs, but Solomon reminds us again that the people we regularly surround ourselves with will have an influence on our lives. Speaking of wine and gluttony, Solomon spends several verses at the end of chapter 23 talking about the perils of drinking too much and giving some strong advice about avoiding drunkenness. Most people believe Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, which recounts feasts that would last for multiple days with lots of food and wine involved, so he probably either personally experienced these consequences or had just seen enough other people suffer through them that he'd learned the lesson vicariously. In chapter 24, Solomon gives us a crash course in what it means to learn, and he compares it to an episode of Fixer Upper. Verses 3-4 through say, By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Yesterday we talked about the difference between knowledge and wisdom, and today we have this new word thrown into the mix, understanding. So let's dig a little deeper on all three of those words. Knowledge is having the facts. Understanding 
is the ability to discern what the facts mean and how things fit together in the big picture. Wisdom is knowing how to apply your knowledge and understanding, how it all translates into the everyday life of a Christ follower. The fact that you're in the Word means you're stacking up all three of these things. I love this quote from R.C. Sproul where he summarizes it all. Our Lord calls for a continued application of the mind to His Word. A disciple does not dabble in learning. He makes the pursuit of an understanding of God's Word a chief business of his life. That's what you're doing here in the pages of Scripture every day. Keep at it, not just this year, every year. Knowing God is the chief business of our lives. What was your God shot today? I saw how much God cares for those who are far from Him. The fools, the simpletons, it showed up twice in chapter 24. Verses 11-12 through 12 say, Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, Behold, we did not know this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? God appoints the wise as watchers over those who are stumbling towards slaughter. Some commentators believe these verses are more literally interpreted, and I can see that too, that it could refer to people who are being unjustly oppressed. Absolutely we must do that. We must watch out for them. But I can also see possible interpretations on a soul level, not just a life level. If it does at least apply on the soul level, then it can also tie into what we read in verses 17-18, through 18, which say, Do not rejoice when your enemy falls. Do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles lest the Lord see it and be displeased and turn away his anger from him. God wants our hearts to align with his heart. So if he's asking us not to rejoice when our enemy falls, then we can trust that he certainly doesn't rejoice either. Ezekiel 33.11 says it this way, As I live, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back. Turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die? God wants the wicked to turn back, to repent and live, not to stumble into eternal death. What kind of person cares for his enemies like that? The same kind of God who adopts them into his family, pays for their sins, and seats them at his table for an eternal feast. We all started out as his enemies, you guys, steeped in sin and doing our own thing. But he gave us new hearts, opened our eyes, and helped us to recognize that he's where the joy is. Okay, Bible readers, it's weekly check-in time. We're almost halfway through the Bible, and I can't wait to turn that corner with you. I wish I could hear every story of what you've learned and how you've seen God at work in your heart through this process. Whether you haven't missed a day, are a week behind, or it's taken you two years to get this far in our journey, you're right on time. I bet you've seen His perfect timing played out in your so-called delays. God is meeting you where you are every day to show you more of Himself. I'll see you back here tomorrow. The Bible Recap is brought to you by D Group, discipleship and Bible study groups that meet in homes and churches around the world each week. 